Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I am here with Daniel Incandela. He is the CMO at Terminus. Daniel has a lot of other, um, I've won a lot of awards. You have, you know, really um, served as a very great leader um, for several, you know, SaaS companies, other companies throughout your tenure. The only reason I reached out to you is actually through uh, listening to Kyle Lacey's um, podcast on Revenue Diaries. And I was like, I need to get this guy on Converge Coffee. So um, just wanted to give you a little kudos to there. And for the listeners to know kind of a little bit more Daniel's background too. So Daniel, thank you for being on the show. John, thanks for having me. And you and I have now talked to at least twice, maybe a few times. And it's good to be back chatting with you this time a little more formally. Yes, definitely. I think the first time was um, kind of about what where Terminus was heading as well as um, – just kind of initial like the growth of everything and i feel like um a lot of people they look at growth as um just having the sometimes it's luck sometimes it's processes it's people but i think it's more so it's the leadership that's kind of been put in place um in order to kind of not kind of to actually see the horizon and how do we get there how do we build the right people and so my first question right off the bat is, you know, you've been in, you're at Terminus, you're at Conga, you're at Return Path, Exact Target, you know, Salesforce Marketing Cloud, you know, what were some early lessons in your career that shaped your emotional intelligence and servant leadership today? Uh, it's, it's good timing on that question. I was interviewing someone for a product marketing role yesterday. And she made a comment to me that just, I instantly wrote it down as, and her comment was, everyone needs to have a bad boss. And I was very fortunate right when I started my career to have one of those. In fact, uh, it was pretty evident across all of the leadership that it was uh, a toxic environment. And I've had enough time away from that to, to get over it. But I'm actually really thankful that I went through that because it taught me exactly the type, taught me about being the exact type of leader I did not want to be. So what I experienced very young in my career with a bad boss really allowed me to focus on the type of leader that, that I would be if I ever became a manager. And I've never forgotten that. And I think I, I was brought up well by my parents be polite and to be kind and, and to be compassionate. That is something I'll never lose. So it's kind of a combination of those two things of um, wanting to be the type of boss that, that led with positivity and directness and support and also not falling in the traps of, of some toxic behaviors. And I just was lucky that that I had to deal with that 20 years ago. I, I hope you would hire that person, <laughs> um, the product marketing person, because that I, I that's is very true to me too. You know, having you know multiple different you know toxicity, and the thing is, is that I don't think they're 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 bad people. I think what it comes from is how do you get the most out of people? That what is what is makes them tick? What is the things that ultimate drivers for them, and how do you align that? Um, that yep. could be the very much a rational way of going at the emotional way is, is that that person bleep, 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 <laughs> ruined my life. Um, but when you kind of look back on it, you're like, okay, it's a learning lesson. It's something that yeah. you right. very took much into of, 
um, being positive and direct. I think that is um, is very um, it's very humbling because a lot of people can be blunt versus direct, and I feel like um, there's a there's a huge difference in that. And so, kind of tailoring off of the blunt versus direct, you know, how do you um, instead of being blunt but being direct and being you know supportive, you know. How do you build success putting people first before profit? I know that you have to make revenue, sustainable revenue, but how do you do that with putting the people first rather than always trying to focus on the numbers? Hmm. Um, this, again, is, is tied to the experience that I've gone through and what I would want. And I want support from my manager. I want the resources to do my job well, and I want the freedom to be able to move fast and, and inject my own creativity. And those are situations in my own career where I've been exceptionally happy and engaged. So that's my approach with, with the marketing team, whether it's a direct report or someone uh, on another, you know, reporting to a direct report, is that they were hired for a reason because they're good at their job. It's absolutely my role to let them do their job. So specifically, and then this ties to servant leadership is, my role is to help set the vision, but then remove obstacles, get approvals, get them resources or budget, and then get out of the way. And that has been a formula that has worked well for me. Uh, as a leader, it, it tends to build a lot of trust. Um, it's led to success. And then I think there, there's something to be said about, you know, if you're building a good culture, it, it will lead to profit. It will lead to increased metrics. So I try to focus on, on building that type of environment, partly because that's what I want to be in. Um, and I've seen bad environments. So it's about recognizing the people on your team as individuals that have needs, they want to be heard, uh, and they want freedom to do what, what they think is right. And I I don't know everything, so I absolutely need their help. So why wouldn't I let them do that? Mm -hmm. I, I agree with that. That is... And that's a hard balance to take in. Um, and that's kind of goes to my ne next question is, you know, how do you balance that great experience of putting trust in your employees as well as um, helping your customers out to kind of reduce, you know, churn on both ends? That's kind of a big thing that we've, I've noticed um, in the market space. And, the, and people are talking about that as churn of salespeople, churn of marketing people, churn of customers. How do we reduce that? How do we scale? You know, what are some of the observances you mentioned? You've you've seen good culture versus bad culture. You've seen profitability. What what's kind of your assessment with that? And and how do you find a balance to to help both employees and customers? I think it it comes down to you you said it before we hit record. It's we're humans, right? And just because they're a customer doesn't mean I should not treat them like a human. Just like I, I wouldn't do that with a colleague. So. I think it's being intentional in that regard and developing the communication content or just their overall experience. Recognize them, recognizing them as humans. You know, we sell to marketers. Marketers sit at the middle of pretty much everything in a company. Overworked, everyone has opinions, moving targets or deadlines. It's a tough job. So again, recognizing that, listening, providing support in areas they need and determinus we want we want our customers to look like rock stars and, and if we can do that with the best tools and strategy and 
uh, materials to help them get educated, then that's going to work. But if if we're not being maniacal about that approach, then then it's going to slip, and they're going to they're going to think about other companies that are doing it better than us. So very much the the human approach of not losing the human approach in B2B, which is really easy to do because a lot of people I talk to in B2B view the person on the other side as an email address or a phone number, and, and you just can't do that. So no more grilling questions here, Daniel. Um, <laughs> and, and I love your responses, but can you expound upon, you know, share a story in the sense of, where you dove a little bit deeper and, and tried to understand a human rather than just the handle accounts or the email address, um, where you saw a great pivot, a, a learning story, whatever that may be, you know, this, the, the floor is yours. Sure. I mean, on the customer side, it is such an obvious thing that I think is missed is that I talked to a lot of future customers and, and current customers, and and I listen. And as a marketer listening to another marketer, I mean, it's a little self-serving because I always learn from others, but you know, hearing their opportunities or the struggles they're going through and offering advice or trying to help or passing that information along is incredibly value. I would recommend that to any marketer, regardless of, of stage and career. On the employee side, it's as a leader, I am not here to be anyone's friend. Now, if a friendship emerges as a result of a working relationship, great. But uh, I am here to lead the best possible marketing team for this company. And I think and I believe that the, the best way of doing that is investing in the individuals on the team. So it, it's not that I'm approaching as like, I need these people to like me or I want to be friends. It's no, it's I'm going to invest in them. I'm going to push them. Uh, I'm going to have their back. I am going to praise them when it's worthy. I'm going to give them feedback when it's needed. And I have found it to be kind of a surprising thing for people. It's not everyone will do that. And especially when you're delivering constructive feedback, that can be an incredibly uncomfortable thing to do. But if you can do it in a way where you're invested in them as someone that will grow, then it changes everything. And and I am most proud that so many of the people that I have had the honor of working with or have been on my teams are now leading their own marketing organizations, or they've gone on to take on a ton more responsibility. And I'm proud to have played a small part in their growth but I would not be where I am today without others seeing something in me and doing the same. So I, I feel a, a really strong responsibility to invest in others in ways that is compassionate, but also direct. And I, I love doing that because, you know, I'm going to end up working for, for one of these people that I talk to. Like I, there's so many people now that are running marketing that I am in awe of that are much better marketers than me. So it's been a really cool part of this job. You hit a, you hinted to something. It's it's not about status. It is about self awareness. And I think that um, a lot of us get into the status mode. Like if I get a certain you know 
career, if I get a certain job title, if I get a certain this, this is my status, this will lead to freedom. And it might not lead to freedom. But if you have a self-awareness, I think that's really cool in the sense that you, but you're also helping develop that self-awareness. I think that's very, I think, yeah, constructive feedback can be very uncomfortable. Kyle and I were actually talking about this, um, you know, a few weeks ago or just a week ago where he was going to offer me some feedback. And I said, Kyle, I'm open to feedback. Just let me know what it is. And, yep. Yep. but I was, I was open to him on like, you know, can I offer you some feedback? Because I think there is, there's always going to be a miscommunication. There's always going to be a misalignment to things. Um, depending on where our mind's at, what other priorities we have. And so it's, it's kind of coming to the table and saying, okay, what are your thoughts? Here are my thoughts. How can we help each other? And I think there's a lot of myths on that in the sense of how mm -hmm. technology is played into effect. But that's what I love about Terminus is compared to like the other account-based marketing tools out there, it's not just about the forecasting. It's not about everything else. You're building individual products to build into a system of understanding the market, of understanding what those other problems can be, you know, or the solutions. So thank you for that. <laughs> so right. Daniel, this part of the episode is not about Terminus. It's not about, um, you know, your leadership, but it's, it's more about you. It's, you know, when you get up in the morning and you think I, this is what I'm going to work on. This is the reason, this is the reason why I work. You know, what is that? What is that first thing that you, that you think of? I have three kids at home. So they are usually the ones waking me. Uh, and, and that is very much a purpose. Uh, I love my family. And so I take a lot of pride in my job because it, you know, is providing for the family. It'll, one day send them to college if they want to do that. You know, like for me, that's all part of the American dream. And I, I kind of am cheesy and get really bought into that. So I would say that's my purpose. Um, I, I'm very competitive and have very high standards and can also be hard on myself. So on, on the professional side, like I, I'm driven to be successful in everything I, I do. And so that is, uh, that is daily inspiration and motivation for me. And then it, it ties back to servant leadership in a big way for me. I think it is an honor to be able to lead marketing at a company. Marketing, by definition, is a service center for everyone within the organization. So we work with every department. And we provide resources or help or strategy to every team. And I'm honored to do that. And so part of it is ensuring that I am the right leader to communicate that and, and provide good customer service. And then I feel a huge responsibility to my team to, to make sure that I am leading in a way that's going to allow them to be successful. So that is a lot of motivation. But I'm also very open to learning um, We've talked a lot about feedback in this. I, I want feedback myself, and I want people to be direct. In my career, I've worked in the museum field, auto racing, and now software. I'm sure at some point I'll do something totally different, and, and that will be a, another injection of energy and motivation to try and do something really big and something I know nothing about. So I'm, I'm just kind of driven in that way, and you know, now that I have 
a bigger family, it, it makes the stakes a little higher, but also a lot more meaningful. Risk it to get the biscuit. <laughs> a little bit. I, sorry about that. I just thought about that when you said that. Um, what do you do as for like a hot, what do you do for a hobby and what do you do health wise to help you recharge and kind of be the best self um, for your team and for the company? Uh, I would say that I'm doing that with mixed results. The, the health side of things is something that I want to do better in and, and have not. So that, that, that's my answer and no excuse there. In terms of um, hobbies or how I stay refreshed, I am, I would call myself a creative. So you know, I have my own personal website, danielincandela.com that I don't write as much as I used to, but it's a site that in many ways I'm, I'm creating to leave as my legacy when, when I'm gone and my kids would be able to know what I got up to, that kind of stuff. That's a good outlet for me. Um, I try to write as much as I can as well. That That is a, a really therapeutic process for me. Uh, but with three kids, it's like my hobby is them jumping on me and I'm approaching 50 and then me complaining about the, the weird injuries I keep getting. You know, a, a lot of the time is, is, is incredibly family focused, which Sounds like it's kind of a cop out in, in the hobby, but for me is really important, especially because before COVID, I was traveling almost weekly for work and just caught in the in the rat race of getting on a plane and meetings and offices, coming home, barely seeing my family. And now I've had essentially, you know, almost a year and a half of working from home where we, we had a child that just turned one, a pandemic baby. You know, I get to put them to bed every night. I'm here in the mornings when they wake up. And, and for me, that is like the best hobby in the world. So very much a family, family focus. And then uh, walking the dog. We have a giant bull mastiff named, Wins named Winston. <laughs> After Winston Churchill? We wanted sort of a, a British name. So yeah, it, it certainly I think is ties to Winston Churchill, but it's just a good, good proper English name. Yes. Oh, that's that's hilarious. I love that name. Call him Winnie. <laughs> um, Daniel, I appreciate you um, going through and talking about emotional intelligence, you know, servant leadership, but more so of how that impacts a marketing organization, uh, marketing for a company, you know, all facets of marketing, how that you, you basically call marketing the epicenter of, of resources and strategy, basically the sounding board to making sure that customers sound like rock stars. And sharing your story about not only a customer side, but also how you construct on the employee side, too, of building, you know, better people, people that may stay at Terminus, may go somewhere else and lead another marketing organization or another company. And then about you, just, you know, about, you know, your family with your three kids, Winston, um, and everybody. And so, you know, I really appreciate you. Daniel, thank you for being on this episode. Oh, it was great chatting again. Thanks so much for having me. I hope to everyone listening, it was uh, it was worth worth your time. Thanks so much. And to all the converged coffee drinkers out there, that's a wrap.